This is AutoLine Extra, available exclusively on the Internet. Here again is John McElroy. Well, joining me right now is Susan Doherty, head of, let's see if I get this right, all sales and marketing at General Motors, right? Sales, what, what? service, marketing. Sales, service, and marketing. marketing. Parts, and OnStar. But we'll just say sales, service, <laughs> and marketing for now. Hey, you guys didn't have half bad of a year as it ended up. I mean, 2009 was a terrible year. We never, ever, ever, none of us want to go through that again. Correct. But uh, in December, even though GM's sales were down, the core brands that you're keeping saw a sales increase. you got to be encouraged by what that shows. Yeah, uh, you know, there were some really positive signs um, that were getting some momentum within the business. We're real happy about that. Yep, our business in total, as you mentioned, was down 6% but our retail business was actually up 7%, and all of our core brands had double-digit increases. In retail. In retail, correct. And the reason why that's important is that there's a whole bunch of things that we're trying to do in terms of we're flying the plane, we're refueling it, re-engineering it, putting some passengers in new seats, putting some passengers off the plane, bringing some new ones on. So um, there's a lot of dynamics of things that are going on that I don't think that everybody really comprehends. Um, not only are we focusing on four brands instead of eight, uh, 34 nameplates instead of 78, plus in December we saw some really encouraging signs. We actually reduced our incentive spend by over $2,500 per unit. Per unit? That's massive! It is, but you know, when you compare to December you know, of, uh, of 08... You were spending we, way too we much. We were spending way too much. Which, and we were trying 4, to 4000 Well, something? we were trying to stimulate the market because obviously the economy was crashing and burning and we were in the midst of a global economic meltdown that few of us even knew that we were in. Um, the other thing, you know, in just terms of addressing the fundamentals in our business, one of the things that we really need to work hard on is with these four brands is earning share, not buying it. And I think what you'll see from us um, going forward is a lot more focus uh, than you've ever seen on Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. And we're also going to be making sure that we work on supply and demand and the dynamics a lot more closely. Myself and members of my team watch our inventory levels like a hawk. Uh, we ended um, this calendar year uh, in December of 09 with our inventories being down 50% with about 385,000 units or a 57 day supply. I've been with the company for a couple of decades and I can't remember ever when we've been that low on day supply. So that's got to be good from a selling standpoint because if you don't have all that excess inventory, if cars sitting on lots, Correct. you don't have to blow them out the door to move them. Correct. You don't have to spend the extra incentive dollars. It helps you on the residual side in terms of protecting resale value, which is really important to many consumers. Plus, the other really, um, the other two important things that we were working on was the wind down of both Pontiac and Saturn. And you know, we had committed in terms of our plan that we would have those brands down, wound down by October of 2010. We're actually 10 months ahead of schedule and we ended up with less than 700 uh, Pontiacs and 900 Saturns which will um, you know, sell out of those products probably in the next five to six weeks. So I'm really encouraged that we're going into 2010 with a really fresh start. We've got our inventory aligned. We're focused on four brands. We've wound down everything else. Our incentive spend is down. Our residuals are up. Um, our average transact prices are also up, which is a sign that consumers love our new launch products. Can you say by how much it's up? 
Um, depending on the vehicle, and I'll give you a couple examples. Thanks sure. for asking yeah, yeah, yeah. me that. Um, when we compare the old Buick LaCrosse to the new Buick LaCrosse, our average transact prices there are up about $7,500 to $8,000. That's a stunning which, statement. Which is terrific. And then on the SRX, um, it's close to $7,000. Uh, on Equinox, um, it's close to $5,000. And it, it, it just shows you that um, when we, as a company, when we go and launch really great products um, that can not just be on par with the competition, but that can exceed what the competition's doing, we can win. But you still have a couple of puzzles in my book, you know, like the Malibu, which I think is a terrific car. I, I, in fact, if Jim Farley were still here, I'd tell him to his face. I think the Malibu is better than the Fusion, but the Fusion just sells like crazy. Right. And even when you look in the Chevrolet line, if I got my numbers right, the Traverse is doing really well. And it's not like the Malibu's doing bad, but man, it should just be busting down the doors in my book. Correct, and in mine too, and that's the reason why I've challenged the Chevrolet team with Jim Campbell and Kurt McNeil. I said, oh my gosh, this is a car that won, you know, uh, North American International Auto Show Car. The, I mean, this this is a fantastic car, and um, in, in fairness, you know, we launched that product, and then, um, you know, we, we experienced an economic meltdown. We had to step out of leasing because of the issues that our, our partners, GMAC, were facing at that time. Of course, the midsize segment is full of some terrific competitors, and we, in effect, as we raced into bankruptcy, had to take all of our ad money out of the marketplace. So we certainly didn't do ourselves any favors over the last 12 months. But it's full steam ahead on the Chevrolet Malibu in 2010, and I'm gonna happy to be back in business with Malibu. And you must be thrilled about the lacrosse, too, because at least on a percentage gain basis, it, it's off the charts uh, going by the December numbers. It, yeah. it just blew out of the showroom. I, I think it was a real um, unexpected surprise for everybody in the marketplace. I had a feeling that it was going to be a great car in my prior role as the Buick GMC Yeah, General you set Manager. this all up. Well, I, I, <laughs> that, that was my life, let's put it that way. And I, I spent... Um, I spent, I would say, in the last 12 months more time driving competitive products in the last 12 months than I spent driving our products. And I think as a, a lear the learning that came from that is that you begin to really understand your competitors' products to the point where you know exactly where we win and what, we, what buttons we needed to push. So, you know, the, the car was, was designed to go head-to-head -head with a Lexus ES350, which is a fabulous car. Um, but it was really time, I think, in the marketplace for there to be, you know, a, a product like Buick LaCrosse that could go up against and compete with a product like that and win. So we're excited. We're encouraged. We're not, we're not done everything yet, but we're right. encouraged. You're encouraged. Well, let's talk about some of the new vehicles that you're showing here. The, mm -hmm. the new Buick Regal. Let's stick with Regal for a moment. What do sure. you expect it to do for the brand? Um, well, first of all, um, you know, to your point about the mid-sized car segment where we've got the Chevy Malibu playing, now that we've taken Saturn and Pontiac out of the fold, uh, we really do need a one-two punch in mid-sized cars. So the 2011 Buick Regal um, will be um, a, a terrific vehicle for us. Um, you know, what we found was that um, when we take a look at the Buick lineup, um, yeah, we have a solid lineup, but in light of the fact that, um, you know, many of our dealers are going to be Buick GMC dueled, uh, we needed to fill some other areas in the portfolio. and. That product, um, I, we call it um, a product that was born in Europe and raised on the Autobahn because of its um, you know, sister relationship with the Opel Insignia, which by the way is now the best 
uh, selling a mid-sized car in all of Europe. So we're privileged uh, to be able to bring that product over here as the Buick Regal. We think it's going to do really well and it's going to continue to enable us to uh, begin and, and um, work on uh, the renaissance at Buick where we're bringing in younger, more affluent buyers into Buick. And what we found, we're even finding with the LaCrosse, a third of the people who buy a LaCrosse are brand new to General Motors and Buick, which thrills us. And uh, GMC, you've got the Granite. Talk a yes. little bit about that as well. Yeah, um, a great urban utility vehicle. Um, often, you know, when we think of GMC, it's a, a brand um, that is um, always driven at the core of engineering excellence <laughs> and delivered through this professional grade positioning. And when we got into crossovers, things like the GMC Acadia and what we're finding now with the GMC Terrain, is that um, we can bring a lot more women to the GMC brand by just stretching that brand and giving it um, entries in, in segments like compact crossover, mid crossover. So 50% of our buyers for the GMC Acadia are women. And we just got an early buyer study uh, that I shared with the leadership last Friday. And 53% uh, of our buyers for the new GMC Terrain are women, which is kind of shocking because the vehicle has a very bold, masculine, muscular, uh, styling and there's a lot of people when we were getting ready to clinic the car who said well I think it'll appeal more to men because of how bold the styling is and it's quite the opposite based on what we're finding in market. Hey I'm getting the high sign here your people are hauling you All away right. you've got okay. more commitments to make but Susan thanks Thank so much you. for coming oh, in and talking with us. It's been terrific. Thank you, you so much. Appreciate all your support too. Thanks. thanks. Take care.